my song might haunt your dreams tonight I am the man from God knows where Singer, songwriter, painter, essayist, collaborator, criminologist, folk, country, Americana, beat, all of the above, none of the above. This is Tom Russell's podcast from God Knows Where. John from Frontera Records here again. I'm with Tom Russell on the eve of the Highway Hypnosis Tour going from Kansas City through Boston, which I think is south of New York. Maybe it's north. I believe north. it's a bit north of New York. Uh, I'm going to find out. five hours. Fortunately, I've got GPS, so I'm going to have okay. to let the GPS tell me where to go. It reminds Proceed of, to the root, John. Proceed to the root. Now, that sounds like one of your songs. Back Streets of Love. It was a big song for me off the last record. And tell me about it. October and the Railroad Earth. That song? No, that song. Are you doing that song in your shows? Yeah, occasionally I'll do it. I, I like it. I think every album deserves at least one love song, whether it's to my wife or a generalized thing. But uh, I, we, I'm, I'm not a GPS guy, but I know we have to do that now. And I don't like taking orders from a signal up above or a woman or a man who says, proceed to the root right now, <laughs> when I may not want to proceed to the root. I may want to go off the root like I have for 40 years. So I don't even know what proceed to the root means. It means... I don't either. It means like get back in line and do what I tell you to do. We got over that in third grade. But I was listening. I was thinking about GPS. And every time I think about GPS, I look up whether we're in Switzerland or Texas and I see a hawk gliding over us slowly. And I think to myself, that guy has perfect GPS, that hawk. And that's what... Uh, promulgated the song you had a song called as the crow flies if i remember exactly but we don't proceed as the crow flies we go our own way this and that and we proceed to the root as the crow flies and then at the end of that song i say um i'm i'm an artist or i'm a poet or whatever i am songwriter and i'm following a signal deep in my blood to go wherever i want by instinct not by what she tells me on the phone that's kind of the point well, I want to ask you about how you choose which songs, like if you've got a new album out, you might play one one night and one the next night, how you choose that. But before that, I have one important question. So you've asked me to go on the road with you guys and drive you around. My question is, will we still be speaking? Will we be on speaking terms <laughs> once this tour, once the tour is over? <laughs> a lot of people are in graveyards along the route, the route, John. We're it, not it, mentioning names here. No, 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 of course not. But uh, they're nameless, but uh, they're in heroes, heroes graveyards all over the globe. But you once gave me a T-shirt that said I survived 20 years. A lot of people Tom are Russell. wearing that T-shirt from studio producers to record companies. Because it's and, been. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm demanding. I have a loud voice. And I know what I want and where I want to go. But I think you'll be a different person in a couple of weeks when you come off this road. And I think if I come off. Well, yeah, but we'll take care. I of might you. just go on over to Switzerland with you. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We go on from there. We spend the summer in Europe and 
we start over again in the fall. This record has a, a longevity, we feel, so we're, we're there forever. So how do you decide which songs to do on any given night? I have, uh, well, I don't want to give my show away, but, uh, you know, I'm down to solo and I love it. It's my memoir live. I can go wherever I want to. I'm hearing my voice better. I can sing better. I think I'm playing a lot more guitar. I love all the guitar players I've had and all the great pickers I've had from Fats Kaplan to Andy Harden to Onward. You got Bill Kirchin on this new one. Bill Kirchin's on the new record. He sat in with us the other night in Austin and blew the roof off. But uh, to go out on the road and do what we do all over the world, uh, we we need a driver, a road manager like John. Who thinks Boston is south of New York. Yeah, whatever. We'll straighten that out. But... uh, and I have uh, my wife, the road manager, Nadine. But uh, we're feeling really good about the shows, um, solo and uh, telling the stories. I, I stick to, uh, I do an opening act for myself that's kind of funny and warm up the audience because I usually don't want an opening act because one will be good, one will put the audience in a place where I have to work 10 times as hard to get them back to where I want them to be, so... I've opened for John Prine. I've opened for people that have asked me to open, but I don't really want an opening act. I want to open for myself. And then I open with a few standard songs, and then um, I do about seven songs off the new record and talk to people about it. And I, I like to do two sets, and I end with something like Tonight We Ride and get people to scream and yell and take a 20-minute break, and I come back and do some more new songs and end off with requests or who's going to build your wall. Occasionally I'll do Gallo del Cielo, Blue Wing. So I try to mix it so they're hearing some of the Tom Russell standards with a lot of the new songs. Well, I think of um, Backstreets of Love being a, a road song, but then I think of something like Hand Raised Wolverines being some of your more crazy road song oriented things about being up in Canada and going to the prison and you can tell that story better than I can. And I, I remember I used to correspond with your manager up there and her name Louise. is Louise McKay, right? Yeah. Is she still around? Yeah. Louise comes to the show and we love Louise. She always is helpful. And, uh, she booked me for a few years and one day <clears throat> she had booked a Canadian tour and she knew Tom wanted to always try new stuff. And we had two days off and I said, throw something at me, you know, interesting. And so she, Booked a show for the first time anybody had played Edmonton Maximum Security Prison. And believe me, <laughs> it's a bad, bad... Pr- I mean, it might be as bad as Folsom or San Quentin. A lot of murders, some of whom I knew what they had done. Johnny Cash never did Edmonton. No, a lot of people haven't. And after my show, nobody else did it again <laughs> because it got pretty, pretty hairy. But the sound man quit immediately and went out. And uh, they weren't responding. They put me in there. You had to go through five security checks. And I knew one guy who was a mass murderer. I knew I knew his sister. I won't say who she is, but a uh, fairly famous person. And he's staring at me. They were back doing their uh, bench presses. And I wasn't relating until I did Blue Wing, the prison song that I wrote, Dave Alvin did. And some of them started coming towards did they, me. Did they ask you to do it twice? Like yeah. Johnny Cash had to do San yeah. Quentin twice? Yeah, they they wanted to hear it again. And uh, I won them over with that one. Then they started coming up and being buddy-buddy with me. And it was a rough gig. The same way uh, 
a couple months ago, I played for a veteran's uh, home in Utah, an, an outreach show, and uh, it was just three or four rows of wheelchairs, and it was really rough, you know, without crying to play to these people. And But we survived the uh, prison show, and then Louise next day said, okay, I got one more thing for you. You like Wolverines, so we're going to go out to a game park. Now, how does she know that you like Wolverines? Because I was obsessed with them for a while. My brother said they were the... The most pound-for-pound, uh, pound, the fiercest animals on earth. Because uh, my brother, Pat, the cowboy, packed back into the mountains in the early uh, 60s. and had seen you'd, You rarely see a wolverine, but it can take down a grizzly or something. So She goes, there's five hand-raised wolverines at this game park, and I've got you able to go inside the cage. And I go, what? And she goes, don't worry. And you can also go inside the cage with a uh, puma or a, uh, a jaguar that they've tamed. But just don't look it in the eye. You know? So I did the jaguar, and I got out of there quick. And then the, I went in with the wolverines, and I had a brand-new leather jacket on. They were hopping. They hop at you, and they kind of looked at me like your cat's kind of here, and they see if you're, if you're okay. But a couple of them started reaching out and taking bits of my jacket off you know <laughs> after about five minutes i said i, I get it let, let me, me out. out let me out and so i kind of likened that in the song which was kind of extemporaneous and ad-lib rap folk song to the modern culture of people going at each other on the news and this and that are you doing that one and in- no it's too i don't even remember the lyric i made it up on the spot and the and uh, it was basically about leaving Santa Fe, New Mexico for Texas and getting back into a vital culture of music culture and culture that still had some life to it. And that, that was the gist of the song. It's always funny to me, the different reactions you get to your songs as far as the favorites that people are going to have, ones they like, ones they don't like. But um, somebody the other day was saying we were talking about you need a Grammy you need to get a Grammy award and I was talking to this guy and his suggestion was pass me the gun Billy and I thought that's kind of out there for that that's but. Dick Reeves who won a Grammy he's an old friend of ours he used to do my record covers before you did John because you're a top level graphic artist and let me put a little commercial for Alias Alias Creative Group yeah, can, out of Kansas well, I, City, I Missouri. Guess some of the greatest album covers in the world. And John has his his uh, work table full, but he's always so. Only- after after Dick got the uh, Grammy, yeah. he probably became too expensive for you. Is what happened? No, we went with John because John and you know Buck. Do you won. remember the first album cover I did for you? Uh, I'll get back to you on that. But seriously, moving forward, <laughs> <laughs> moving forward, um, um. Yeah, I don't know. The Grammy, I, I don't want to shoot myself in the mouth, but I'm not interested, personally speaking, in going to South by Southwest, the Americana Convention. The Grammys, I know how they work. God bless them. And, uh, you know, you pay your 250 you get a 200 people in the Americano. I'm competing against Bob Dylan and Emmylou Harris. And People name check things. You're supposed to vote on the Grammys on a record you've actually heard. Yeah, nobody's I, heard them. Nobody's heard any. No. 
So it's a name check thing, and do I need a Grammy to put in the trunk of my car and show people? I need a Grammy. You can have the Grammy. I so tried for a packaging Grammy with one of your albums, and do whatever I was, you I was want. ignored. I will acknowledge that you can have the $250 and the Grammy. And I get to go to the awards. Yes. Yeah, sit so. out there in the bleachers when they do it in the afternoon. Take the Grammy. But my, my point wasn't really about the Grammy. My point was just that... Of all the songs on the album, that would not have necessarily been one I would I think have that's a chosen. rather odd song I mean, to, to pick. It, it, I don't think it's a Grammy. I love Highway 46, and of course I'm partial to Small Engine Repair since yes. I was there when you first debuted that You did bring years that to ago. our, to our uh, forefront, and then I learned that Ian Glenn did it in the... Uh, movie and that he's famous now and the title track i think is a good song and two or three others and uh, pass me the gun billy was really just a, a little spoken word thing about a hairy experience i had with my brother the cowboy and i don't think it's a grammy award-winning song i just find it interesting the song choices that people gravitate toward people relate to their own life uh, when people pick a song of yours they relate it to their own life they may have had a gun pulled on them or have stolen a cow or they relate to something that was going on in their life when they first heard your music, like their second marriage was breaking up or coming together. And that song means a lot to them. And I understand all that. People want to hear Gallo del Cielo. They want to hear Blue Wing. They want to hear Touch of Evil. But it relates mostly to where they were at when they first heard it sometimes. What about crowd reactions at the different venues how do you play off of that does that I play off it a lot and uh people ask me and they get disappointed when i say one of our best gigs is the 100 club in london where the uh beatles played in the stones and the kinks back in the 60s and it's 400 people jammed into a venue and there's young people in front of me yelling out requests and old people in the back and it's such a hip culture over there. Music journalism, I, I hate to say this is better. No, I don't hate to say this is better in the UK these days in Ireland because they have mojo and uncut classic rock. And what do we have here? But uh, Have you played the Troubadour? Have you been to the Troubadour? In, in London? No. I haven't done any of the old line folk clubs, you know, like Ewan McCall. Or when we were in Tulsa recently for the World of Bob Dylan Symposium, I was down there. And I ran into a guy who I think has some sort of connection to the Troubadour. And that's where I saw a guy named Timon Dog who played with The Clash. You, yeah, you were into him. I, I am. Yeah, he's, he's great. But it was the craziest thing. It was down in this basement, this tiny little folk club, a bare light bulb and a Hank Williams cutout. And there were all these opening acts that would come out and play. Right. And the, the owner, I guess it was the manager or whatever, was sitting at the bar. And when he had had enough, he would just kind of nod. And these right. people would be yanked off. Yep. Then Timon played a set, then more opening acts. And I, I finally realized I was the only person there for the show. Everybody else was uh, gigging. You know? Yeah, that, there's a lot. Of, and, and God bless that. I think that's a great tradition. Um, there's a new book. There's a a good book out called songs from the floor about you and McCall and those kind of folk clubs. A lot of, a lot of those, uh, more traditional clubs, they wouldn't allow even a guitar or a microphone. You sang 
acapella. You well, know. and they were also very snobby about American versus yeah. British. And, and you had, you know, you could only do American songs if you were from America yeah. and British people couldn't do American songs. Yeah. And Ewan McCall was not all that receptive to no, Dylan. No, Ewan was very stiff in a lot of ways, although I respect him and his daughter, Christy McCall. Kirsty. Yeah, Kirsty, God bless her. But, uh, and sang on the great Pogue song, Fairy Tale. Exactly, New York, yeah. And she died down in Mexico. Billy Bragg sent me a copy of the program for her funeral. It was so sad. Horrible. You know, hit by a speedboat. And that, that's still in the courts, I think. I don't know if they yeah, ever resolved it's it. too bad. Yeah, it was just But it was I respect you, and he wrote a couple of really great songs. Dirty, Dirty Old Town. Mm-hmm. First, and, Did he do First Time I Ever Saw Your Face, or who was that? That was you and McCall. I think that was you. Yeah, that was you and McCall, yeah. and, and also Shoals of Herring, great song, great, which was in the uh, Coen Brothers uh, folk movie, whatever. The the one, one about Dave Van Ronk. Yeah, uh, he sings Shoals of Herring to his father in the rest home, and his father can't speak, but he starts crying. Yes. Inside Lewin Davis, yeah. right. He sings Shoals of Herring, the, the lead actor, and it's really good. And that's what turned me on to the song. And the Clancy Brothers sang it. But uh, Well, you know Eric Bogle, too, speaking of Pogue's yeah. classics. He, didn't he do Whoa. band uh, played Waltzing two, Matilda? Two, or was two, two classics that Eric Bogle wrote were uh, The Greenfields of France, which is probably the finest anti-war ballad ever written. Uh, Finbar Fury does a great version of it, and uh, which the, didn't the, you have a clip of that on Rose of Roscray? Yeah, either that or or maybe or it ended Eric up on Ferguson. the cutting room floor. But I, I think at one point you had it. Yeah, there. Rose of Roscray and Finbar. I'm a huge fan of, and uh, the other one that Eric wrote was uh, the band played Walsy Matilda. And, that the Pogues and, uh, did right. Eric is Scottish but he lives in Australia and we, yeah, we did meet and have a few drinks. No, I've, I've written to him and he's, he always asks for your albums when they come out. Great guy. Yeah. Big time guy. So you're in Kansas city, my hometown because the highway hypnosis tour that I called it, I used to name your tours back when, before the internet, when we did postcards mm-hmm. and I, I think legal limits was one of my favorite tours that we did. Um, I have to go back now to try to remember some of the crazy names that I came up with, but that was always fun. So this is the Highway Hypnosis Tour. We're going to start out here at Knuckleheads in Kansas City. You've played there several times. Frontera Records has put out some videos from there. We hope to maybe film some new ones tomorrow, mm. uh, maybe some songs from the new album. Um, where else are we going? St. Louis, which is always a really one of the centers for us because of Ed Becker, uh, who does a great uh, uh, folk uh, songwriter show. KDHX. KDHX, radio. a local radio station. And uh, Ed and Shelly Becker and their whole family have been close friends to us for years and supporters of music. And, of course, people will know that Ed and I put together both yes. Museum of Memories Volume 1 and Volume 2, Volume 1 out of print. Yep. Volume 2, FronteraRecords.com. And Still also available. the Mother Jones uh, tribute record. That A lot of people don't know about that. We have um, Robert Earl King contributed to that. Fred Eaglesmith did a track. These are tracks that aren't available anywhere else. should look into that and go on Frontera Records and uh, look for the Mother Jones tribute. And then we're up to Chicago, Fitzgerald's, and old, one of the great listening rooms. 
Then over to Ann Arbor, another great listening room. Um, the Ark, is that the, the name of it? The Ark, yes. And then down to Columbus with our friend Alec Whiteman, who used to uh, be the chairman of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We're at Natalie's and a great gig. Then we have a night off, and then I think we go to Vienna, Virginia. I think, and, is that like Washington, D.C. area? Yes. Outskirts of Washington, D.C., the Jam and Java, one of the really hip new listening rooms. A lot of young people run that, and they're great. Then up to uh, Piermont, New York. We don't do Manhattan much. There's not a lot of listening rooms happening in Manhattan these days. There are some in Brooklyn. Now, Piermont's not the place out on Long Island. No, it's up on the uh, Hudson River. Is it the same promoter? No, no, they've been, uh, Turning Point has been there for years, same promoter for years. Uh, It's about five miles up from the uh, George Washington Bridge on the left side of the Hudson River as you move north up into New York. Great little listening room, Um, holds about 90, 100 people, and we'll do two sets there. And then the final two shows are in Boston, right in Harvard Square at Passim's, another legendary folk club that goes back to Joan Baez and Bob Dylan and uh, in the 60s. And so we'll end the tour there. It is north of New York, by the way. We'll debate that. Maybe it moved. I don't know. Anyway, it God sounds like it's going to be a good tour. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. Looking forward to seeing whether we're still on speaking terms. John, you're going to be a different person. Your hair is going to either be white or darker black, but you'll be a different person. It's a great. It's great to have a driver like you that's knowledgeable about the records because you put out a lot of them, and we don't have to deal with all those questions. And we do like to meet the people after every show. We have a lot of art with us. We have some original art. I'm going to bring a few of the uh, prints of the yeah, Ramblin' Jack and the Tonight prints. We Ride. Ramblin' Jack print that you did a great job on. You have the original here that uh, I think you're trying to sell for a hundred. Uh, no, the original is mine. Okay. Nobody gets that. It's yours. But the prints we have signed and numbered limited edition. Limited to 35. Wow. They're going I fast. I might even buy one. Yeah, you need one. because I, I, I do need one. I'm not going to give you one for free. Great to have John Yulkin back on the road. It's, I think, going to be a good time. It will be. It will be a good time. Yes. Well, thanks for joining me here at Frontera Records, Kansas City location, warehouse. and What an honor to be here, and you both have done a great job, and we, we hope this podcast continues forever. Thank you, Buck. Thanks, Buck. How great is Tom Russell? He is terrific. Isn't he tremendous? He really creates a mood. Yeah, it's always the best. I would like to quit this job and just travel with him. Travel with him? If, if the money can be worked out. I'm sure, yeah. I was going to say. <laughs>